Blog Talk Radio.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your name. We thank you for the synchronicity, the unbelievable harmony, at least that which I and some others are beginning to experience. We thank you for it because it's incredibly encouraging. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Father. Now, before we go, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, no, 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 I want to do a regular prayer vigil. I just want to praise God, and, and I'm, I'm all for that, and we're heading that direction. Amen. But I have to give you a testimony that's going to encourage you, all right, and it will. Praise God. Um, so this is another one of those kind of like, you know, wow, kind of impossible sort of coincidences. Praise Jesus. Because those are the best. Those are the ones that you can't debunk, you know, and then Satan can't, like, you know, tip over your apple cart and rob you of your blessing. Because they're just too dagnabbed impossible. Praise God. All right. Now, all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and share these things with you because I, that again, that is the only reason why I do this program. I don't need to do a prayer vigil, but the Lord wanted me to do a prayer vigil to help other people. And also... Because, you know, where two or more are gathered together, there there you are, our Father, in our midst. Now, uh, which, of course, amplifies the magnitude and the power of the prayer to some extent that is probably beyond our able to calculate. Now, all that being said, I wanted to share this with you because it's, it is a blessing. It's a blessing for me, but it is also a blessing for you. Praise God. So, um, <clears throat> so for those of you who have been... Um, you know, uh, listening to the program on a regular basis and are attentive to, you know, the whole supernatural testimony. I've, you know, been, you know, I kind of joke around tongue in cheek and I say, you can't get the money if you don't have the test. Hallelujah. All right. And uh, that's, you know, I use that from uh, Andrew Womack and uh, he's got a handful of pretty clever uh, little sayings that I like to use and uh, praise God, they, you know, and it helps you remember things and you can, then you can look at it and kind of like apply it back to the scripture and it's pretty cool. Praise God. So anyway, I wanted to, to share this with you. For those of you who have been regularly and routinely listening, you know, um, I've been, you know, talking about we need to get to a place in our walk where we are super happy and joyful that we're on the boat because we're so deep into the end times right now. Now, it could be a few years away. We don't know. We don't know when things are going to happen. We don't know. And if we start trying to predict it and we start listening to people out there, they got all kind of crybaby, teary-eyed. I'm not saying anything bad. Uh, I Believe me, I'm a crybaby, teary-eyed person myself. Amen. But if if we go out on YouTube and we start listening to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's sitting in their car with bawling from just tears gushing down, oh, Jesus said, and Jesus told me, and this is going to happen, and you know, the rapture is going to happen any second now. We're going to be leaving any second now. If you're going to do that, then you're going to end up doing exactly what I did back in 2011. And then 2012 and 2013, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what will happen is you will get taken in by it. I'm not saying, but but I'm just saying. Remember what Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse. He said, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm going to go ahead and give you like kind of like the short Johnny Baptist version. Jesus basically said, you're going to go through a period of time where people are saying, here are Jesus, there are Jesus, everywhere are Jesus, Jesus. And he says, don't let that get y'all keyed up. Now, he, there was much more to what he said, but I'm trying to cut to the chase. So you can take the journey that I took and be sad or you can take a new journey and maybe learn a little bit from my the pros and cons of the things that I've been through 
or choose to just go about things your own special way, praise God, nothing, you know, it, there isn't a right or wrong. Um, we are admonished in the book of Proverbs to, you know, pay attention or to at least lend an ear to the testimony of our brothers and sisters because there's a certain degree of folly associated with wanting to go, go you know, navigate the journey on your own, which is very, very true. And I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other two-hour preaching and, that, and that'll completely throw off the prayer vigil. That's not what I want to do tonight. Praise God. But I do want to share this with you. All right. So. I've been, you know, hey, everybody, you know, we need to cheer up. We need, you know, as the darkness gets darker, 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 and more and more people are dying, dying, dying around us. And we're we're, li- we're actually beginning to live uh, as if it was reading the newspaper, uh, Psalm 91. You know, many people out there have been quoting, uh, you know, my goodness gracious, like, you know, forever and ever, amen, over and over and over again, prophecies, uh, you know, that talk about us receiving an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But as I've mentioned many times before on this program, um, because the Lord has taken me down the journey that he has taken me down, my responsibility is to admonish people and to remind them that in the midst of all of these wonderful prophecies about us leaving any second now, in the midst of all of these um, things that I'm not saying are, are right or wrong or any anything of the sort, there's no judgment here. It is simply pointing out my personal experience. And then you can derive which direction you want to go. If you want to go ahead and believe everybody that is crying, 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 Jesus coming, Jesus coming, rapture's tomorrow, rapture's tomorrow, rapture's going to be in a week, whatever, whatever the case is. If that's what you want to do, if you've got that kind of emotional constitution that that's perfectly okay with you, then fine. I'm not here to... to all I'm here to do is to share, and it it has been my experience and experience of many, many, many others that have written me over uh, more than 11 years of time that when you embrace those things, see, Jesus told us exactly how to think, but a lot of us don't receive it. We don't read it. We don't read it. You know, if five Christians sit in a room with all their different experiences and tenure in their sanctification and walk, and you're going to get five different understandings of any given scripture. Okay, now all that being said, without going into the details of how all that works, the the um, Jesus came straight out and explicitly stated to all of us. He said, "Don't let it." You know, I am I am paraphrasing. I don't want to quote the scripture. I am trying to. I'm interpreting it for you. You can go back and read it yourself and see if you agree with me or not. If you don't, that's fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I've been disagreed with more than probably anybody on the entire internet, except maybe Joe Biden. (laughs) Okay, but anyway. So all that means and and Obama. But anyway. So but but my point is is this. All right. So Jesus said explicitly, he, is, he gave us all kinds of admonishments, wars, rumors, wars, pestilence, famine, this, that, and the other thing, that, you know, moms and dads, you know, and, and your family is going to be your worst enemy, and all this kind of stuff. Here, Jesus, there, Jesus, everywhere, Jesus, Jesus. If somebody says, here, here's Jesus, you know, come running. You can interpret that however you want to, but I interpret that as being a loosey, loose way of explaining to us what we are all going through right now and have been really for the last 10 years. 
which is essentially that there are going to be Christians out there that are going to be touched by the Lord. Perhaps they have never been touched before, and they are just overwhelmed by that feeling, and they're going to come forward with tears in their eyes. It doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that they're touched. They're moved, and they want to tell everybody what they feel, and they may feel something. And remember that there is a big time delta between here on this prison planet and there in the heavenlies. So when Jesus says soon, his concept of soon is completely and utterly different than ours. Now, all that being said, what is, um, so do you learn from your mistakes? I hope that I do, and I hope that I continue to learn from my mistakes. Um, and one of the mistakes that I've made consistently over the last 11 years is, you know, well, actually very much less so since 2016, which was a big, you know, wake-up call for me, um, it, one of the things that I've learned is that when you jump on a bandwagon, you know, when you're going in the direction that everybody else is going, then you've got to stop and reflect because you're probably going in the wrong way. It doesn't mean you're heading to hell. I'm not saying anything bad like that. I'm just talking about you're going to get you're going to put yourself in a position, praise God, like I was in many times and like many, 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 many other listeners of this program. Praise you, Jesus, and thank you for the experiences that I can share these in the form of a testimony, because what will happen is it will bring you down. You will get to a place where I have already gone through the valley of disappointment, the valley of, uh, you know, uh, of uh, um, self-deprecation, just being, being so depressed and so sad and so, oh, and that is a place you don't want to be. As a matter of fact, Jesus warned us about that. Don't, you know, I, I'm again, I'm paraphrasing. I could, you know, look up the scriptures, but I don't have the time. I don't want to spend a whole show on, show on this. But but if you're an avid reader of the scripture, then you will know that Jesus basically said in so many words, he said, you know, be careful not to let the woes of the world, you know, drag you down into the dumps and get depressed that you would start beating on your, uh, you know, your servants and stuff. Because you'll be given, you know, if I come back while that's going on and you haven't repented of it, well, you're going to be given your, you know, your, let's just say that it, the outcome would be very, very bad. All right. Now, all that said, if you're of the Constitution where you like to go on a roller coaster to ride and have, you know, uh, 200, 300 people over the course of a year tell you that Jesus is coming tomorrow and you're just perfectly fine with him not showing up, then go for it. I'm not stopping you. I'm not admonishing you. But I am telling you that Jesus said in the midst of all of those warnings and admonishments, he said, wait until you see that the armies are gathered around Israel. That was his differentiating remark. In the midst of all the pandemonium, in the midst of all the pestilence and the famine and the wars and the rumors of wars and families turning against one another and all the terrible things that he was warning as in the days of Noah and everything else that he was saying about in the Olivet Discourse, the one thing that you can walk away with as absolutely the truth directly from God's mouth is that the turning point will be that the moment that we see the enemies of Israel surrounding Israel to attack them. All right. Now, for those of us who are blessed and also challenged uh, by the duplicitous lifestyle that comes with having to keep one foot in the earth in order to keep the lights on at your home and also you know, it, it, it's a very difficult, duplicitous life. I mean, it really is. It's very hard. There's, you just gotta, you gotta do it. It's just who you, you've been destined to be, and that's just how it is. And you need to praise God for it. Praise God that you have a job. Praise God that you might be given an opportunity to be able to witness to somebody, even if it's only one person in ten years. That's okay. All the angels in heaven will rejoice. Now, all that being said, 
um, I wanted to share with you this, again, another kind of like quasi-impossible dynamic that just occurred to me, that happened to me, that is also part of you, because we're all part of the body. Now, all that being said, uh, I'm going to try my best to impart upon, you know, to you this and, and keep it concise so that we can get back into the prayer vigil. Amen. All right. So first and foremost, um, if you would please re- recollect that I've been, uh, for whatever reason, I, I'm not claiming anything. I'm not claiming that Gabriel stopped in my bedroom and went, oh, and shined a big light in the room. I'm not claiming anything here. I'm just imparting what happened without any distortion or exaggeration at all. Praise God. So I've been, as many of you know, over the last several shows, I've been saying, be praiseful. Thank you, Jesus. You're on the boat. Hallelujah. All right. Along with that, I also said, remember that if you would reflect back to the War of the Worlds scene where these monsters, you know, these big robotic monsters and War of the Worlds are coming over, then everybody's trying to get on the boat. We got to go help the other people get on the boat, too. That's what Jesus would have us do. Hopefully you remember all that. Hopefully you also remember that in the context of that particular get on the boat, be thankful that you're on the boat, praise God that you're on the boat, and then also help people to get on the boat, that I was also trying my very best to help people to understand how vastly important it is for us to be praiseful of the things that we ask God for. Even though we're not seeing them, Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. And when Jesus says, blessed are those, and you're part of that blessing, that's pretty huge. That's way bigger than you think, for sure. Now, all that being said, again, if you are praying for something, which, of course, we all ought to be and are, I would believe, okay, then it is a sin, to doubt. It is a sin, the sin of unbelief, to doubt. So if you become sad, <clears throat> oh no, I can't believe this is happening again. I can't believe that this is happening again to me. I can't believe you know, my, my, my husband or my sister or my brother or my whoever is doing whatever they're doing. I can't believe this is happening to my job. Whatever the case is, what you're becoming is an Israelite in the desert. You're complaining about the manna. You're not accepting the fact that God said it's going to be this way, and you believe it with all of your heart. And so because you believe, you praise. You are, not, you, you are limiting God in your life. You are robbing yourself of your own blessing. Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 78, 41. We've got to live that. We've got to understand that. We've got to avoid those behaviors. Do not criticize. Do not condemn. Do not complain. Do not complain. Do not complain and give praise to God in all things, no matter what. All things. No matter what, because if you truly believe the word of God, you will not defy it by crying out and being boo-hooey because you didn't get what you prayed for. That's like slapping God upside the head and saying, you know what, you didn't respond fast enough to my prayers. In the meantime, Satan is standing in the throne room of God, pointing down at you and look, 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 that person doesn't even believe, doesn't even have faith to believe in their own prayers. Canceled out, your, your, your gift is gone. You have to start from scratch. You may have been praying for a year. Sorry, you limited God. And in the context of that explanation, I wove in many testimonies over time of the tests, tests that I have been through. And I know that other people are going through 
tests. They may not, you may not perceive them as tests. You may say, oh, woe is me. Satan is attacking me. Uh, trials and tribulations. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, oh, Lord, please deliver me from all of this stuff. Oh, gosh, I can't handle it. But in reality, you're being refined. Just like with Job, if you're walking with Christ, if you're residing in the secret place of the Most High, if you're praying and you're constantly confessing of your sins, examining yourselves, uh, you know, uh, 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 changing your uh, mind, you know, you're, you're, you know, repenting, uh, you know, and, and again, the renewing of your mind. Think about the renewing of your mind. What does that mean to renew your mind? If you renew your mind, it means you change your mind. It doesn't mean that you go up to heaven and get a new mind, and all of a sudden your head is glowing and your eyes turn to, you know, big, bright, white lights. Ah! You know, look at me. My mind is renewed. No, it means you changed your mind. You fought against the darkness. You fought against the negative thinking, the stinking thinking. You fought against it. You turned it around and you praised God because you know that God is not a man that he should lie. And you thank him and you praise him. And even if he decides not to give that that particular prayer or the answer to that prayer to you during this lifetime, it is irrelevant because you will get something better. Because you praised. Instead of complaining like the Israelites in the desert, you didn't limit God. And you opened those floodgates for the blessings that you might be able to receive, providing that you don't cash it in, that you don't completely cancel it out through getting all sad inside. And, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm gone through this. I can't believe so-and-so is still doing this. Lord, Lord, please. The second that you start doing that, you are calling God a fibber. You cannot do that. You cannot allow Satan to point his finger at you and, con- and, and convict you because now you've just canceled it out. You can't go there. I've been talking about this consistently now for the last couple, last, I don't know, what, four radio shows? Amen? All right, praise God. Now, I am telling you this because it has been confirmed directly from the throne room as if God sent a holy dove directly from the throne room through multiple dimensions and realms into my home and handed me the confirmation letter stamped by the kingdom of God. And I'm going to share that with you. All right. So anyway... If you know what you ought, that I have been saying all of these things, and for good reason, because it's 100%, if not 110% scriptural, then um, it would be even more meaningful for you to be able to receive it in the context of my confirmation, which is also your confirmation, okay? Just remember, when you praise God, you don't do it because... With tears in your eyes, I mean, you can start out that way if you want to, but remember, praise needs to be genuine. So if you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're boohooing your way and you're saying, praise you, Jesus, (laughs) praise you, Jesus, okay, you know what? You're missing the mark because you don't believe. Else you wouldn't be going, (laughs) if you truly believe that you were going to receive that which you prayed for, then you were truly joyful. And there is a, you're all about that. You are truly gushing with love for our Father, which is the state of mind that you should be in at all times. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. Praise God. That's the state that we need to be in, in a continuous manner. As 
the darkness gets darker as our testing becomes more horrific. And you might be, oh, my gosh, Johnny, are you kidding me? Testing is horrific, horrific test. How bad is this going to get? I would submit to you that it's probably wise to buckle up for the worst possible case scenario. That would be wise. That would be wisdom speaking. Not necessarily because that's the way it's going to go down, but it does prepare you spiritually, physically, and mindfully. It will prepare you for the worst case scenario, which will position you to be at your strongest when the storm arrives. Not if, when. And if you're not being tested right now, you might want to get on your knees and spend some extra time crying out to God fervently and asking him, please, refine me now, because you don't want to miss. You do not want to miss the first fruits harvest, the barley harvest, the first watch. You don't want to miss it, because the hell on earth that Christianity is going to have to go through after the barley harvest occurs is not anything I would wish on my worst enemy. And guess what? It's not even a one-hundredth of the ugly that's going to hit after the Great Tribulation starts. I'm just talking about the time from the global financial collapse, the end of the third seal, into World War III and the Gog and Magog invasion, which ultimately leads into the Day of the Lord, global thermonuclear war, three days of darkness, and all of that ugly. 22 million people will be dead on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, and across the world it will probably be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, maybe even over a billion dead when that meteor hits the earth just off the coast of Puerto Rico and wipes out, the, you know, it's going to shake the entire earth. We, and this isn't even touching upon the Cascadia subduction zone, the Civil War event that we know that's going to break loose in this country, probably worldwide. There are so many things queued up right now, and they are so ugly. And we, and, and we should be serving God with all of our heart, loving him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul. We need to be in that state of joy because we know that the things that we're praying for, God is going to give it to us. If he isn't going to give it to us in, in kind, as, uh, as uh, Charles Spurgeon put it, in his um, uh, May 19th uh, p.m. Uh, 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 daily devotional, God may not give it to you in kind, but he will give you the answer to your prayer many times a magnitude more awesome than you could even imagine. But you won't know it. And the last thing you want to do is dork it all up by being all fleshy and humany and everything that we're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be raising up ourselves with the help of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not Jesus is going to do it for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I. You've got to get up and do it. Then Jesus will help you. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this with you isn't because I'm perfect, because heaven forbid I'd, I'd even think that for a millisecond in my mind because it would be so far from the truth. I would... It, I can't even go there. All right. So that that. But what I am doing is I'm incrementally a little bit at a time sharing with you my journey, because I feel in my heart, one of my missions is applied Christianity, because obviously I have to apply these things in order to be able to actually have them happen to me and then be able to turn around and share them with you in hopes that maybe you might be in a similar place or eventually be in a similar place and need to know this stuff. 
So I'm the, I'm the beating post. I'm the whipping post. I'm the one who's, you know, stepping out first maybe in some cases, and I'm getting, you know, going through the things that I have to go through and as, you know, unpleasant or pleasant as sometimes as they may be, and then it's my job to convey them back out through the program. Praise God. That's what I'm doing right now. So there's I set up I set up the testimony. Now I'm going to drive it home. Okay? So, not that I've been perfect, I'm never, never perfect. It is, you know, we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not ours. We practice righteousness, 1 John 3, 7. We examine ourselves, we judge ourselves, 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 31, and 32, that we would not be judged. We correct our course by the renewing of our mind, by changing our mind. Oh, no, a negative thought just popped in my head. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and I praise you, Father God, because you are going to answer my prayer. Hallelujah. And mean it. If you sense that you're fakey-wakey inside your heart because you don't really feel the way that you feel, ought to feel when you're praising God, then you've got to correct that course. All right. Amen. Now, I wanted to get that all out to you to set you up for the testimony. Okay, because you can't have you can't have the money until you get the test. All right, praise Jesus. So anyway, um, so first and foremost, okay, I am not. I, we as Christians are programmed by churchianity to think that we pray for something, and then we give a testimony. So what I've noticed throughout my you know, I'm 60 years old now, so I would give myself credit for at least a 40-year walk in Pentecostal and Assembly of God, uh, non-denominational tongue-speaking churches, miracle churches, who plain don't get stuff. Believe you me, I know, because I had to divorce myself from all the things that I was taught by them. God told me to do so in order to be able to progress past that, because that's a stopping point. It's a good stopping point compared to other churches, but nevertheless, it's a stopping point. You don't want to ever stop. All right, praise God. Now, so please do not take this as, you know, as typical churchianity, basic, you know, first freshman year Christianity, which is essentially where all of churchianity sits and remains. Some of them even still taking their SATs. Now, all that being said, um, Christians, by and large, you know, you'll say... Please, brother or sister, pray for me. You'll maybe explain to them in accordance with James 5.16a, the first half, like I talked about on the last uh, prayer vigil, and the mistranslation associated with that and what it really means. And you'll make this awful mistake that Christianity makes, which is, Sister Sally prayed that her son Chuck would get, you know, uh, uh, a A plus on his math math test. And so she sends out a fleece and all of her Christian friends pray for little Chucky or whoever to get an A on the test, which, of course, is really not what God is looking for in prayer anyway. So it's kind of praying out of your own lust in the first place, but I'm not going to go there. Let's just use this as an example. Now, here's the thing. Christians, by and large, what they do is they take the prayer request, they identify what that specific ask is, and then the first thing out of their mouth, the next time they talk to you is, can you give me a status report 
on that prayer request. Because they want to hear if you got a praise report to give them or not. Now, what we have to do is get past that, because we are commanded by the Holy Scripture and the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ, our King, who we all hope to be chosen by, not just called, to be part of the first fruits and the barley harvest, the first watch. We've got to get past this idea that our Christianity is some spot in time, some moment of testimony, that we somehow don't have to pray for our brothers and sisters anymore because that one ask was received. Because Christianity essentially says, Sally wanted an ice cream cone. We all prayed for it, so we want a praise report. Did you get your ice cream cone, Sally? Yes, I did. Hallelujah. Grab the flags and run up and down the aisles of your church. That is not Christianity. Christianity is a continuous state of praying for your fellow brothers and sisters. And yes, if there is a praise report to be had, it would be the duty as part of the body of Christ for that recipient of the praise report to share that with people. But it is not it is not a moment in time where you get off the hook for your prayers. That's what Christians are usually looking for. They want that praise report because they want to take that item off their prayer list. And that's a sin. That's a sin. Because we are commanded to continuously pray for one another. In the midst and in continuance with the individual fleeces that we might throw out there. Oh my gosh, I think I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. Hey everybody, in the name of Jesus, please pray for my job. You know, and, 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 you know, and then, uh, hey John, do you still have your job? You know, Wednesday morning comes, you still have your job, John? And you go, yes, I still got my job. And they go like, oh great, I get to take that off my list. Check the box. And then they move on to whatever else they want to pray for. But that's not how it works. You take the praise report, you get encouraged, and you continue to pray for your brothers and sisters. This is not, there is no end to it. There are no check boxes. There are fleeces that are sent out for, for, you know, moments of time, issues at hand, whatever the case may be, and that's part of the normal prayer life, but the prayers don't stop when you check the box. Now, that's very, very important to get. Now, and, and we, more than ever before, have to pray for one another, and I, I do for you. I pray that you will always pray for me. Um, you know, uh, I can guarantee you that any one of us that is experiencing the refiner's fire and the testing that we need to experience to bring us to where we need to be in order to fulfill the works that God has written in our books before we were born, Psalm 139, verse 16, Ephesians 2.10. We should desire more than anything to walk in those works, to fulfill those works, because we love our Father, and our Father wrote those works on our behalf into our books. He wants us to fulfill those, but you know what? If we dork up and we get all whatever, ply with the Word of God, you know, we don't listen, and we just decide, well, I don't agree with that guy, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to receive it. And you just go about your merry old way. Well, guess what? When you get to heaven and you realize what you could have had, what you could have done for Jesus, but you didn't. I'm not saying you're going to be crying about it. I don't know what I don't know, but I can tell you that that I am, you know, Chuck Misler said something that I believe was very anointed. He said, I believe with all of my heart that the number one thing that we will be sad about when we get to heaven is what we could have done, but we didn't do. And I think he's right. 
I really think he was right. He's right. And I can tell you that there was a uh, there's multiple testimonies of people that have been taken to heaven. And when they found out how, how it really works, they came back to the earth and completely changed their entire lives. In many cases, sold their houses, sold their cars, left their church, left their um, uh, 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 their reverend see or their pastor see or whatever you want to call it, the head of the church. Don't even get me going on the testimony of Francis Chan. It, the list goes on, uh, on and on and on and on and on. There was the one guy that was the head of a church, and he was taking ties uh, in, a, in a collection plate ties from everybody in his church for you know, decades and decades and decades. Well, he died on an operating table or some, something along that line, went to, went to heaven, and an angel showed him where he was going to end up living. No mansion for him. No beautiful Thomas Kincaid, gorgeous, uh, you know, country mansion for this guy. No, 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 no. He was in a crummy little apartment. And when he saw that, he was like, why? Why? And the angel said to him, because. You're not tithing out of the tithes that the people are giving to your church. And he goes, well, I didn't think I had to. I am serving God. This money is coming to God, and it's going into this church. That is a tithe. It's going to God. I am tithing because I'm putting it back into the church. And the angel said, no, that is not how it works. You need to take the minimum of 10% out of that collection plate and give it to missions. And then if there's anything left, then you can put it back into your ministry. And that was a minimum amount. And that guy came back into his body and changed his entire life and completely started giving, 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 giving. He gave so hard, he practiced, I'm sure he was, you know, wondering how he's going to eat the next day the way he gave. Because he realized the humongous error that he had made. All right, so anyway, we got to learn from our tests. We got to learn from our testimonies. Now, now that I've said all those things, I want to share with you the, pot, the, the, the test, uh, praise report, okay? But please understand something. I believe from the very depth of the depth of my heart, the very, very depth of my heart, with all of everything Jesus in me, I believe beyond any shadow of a doubt that I would not have received these two blessings and a confirmation. Two blessings and a confirmation. I would not have received them if what I have been teaching about over the last four shows in regard to getting on the boat, praising God, believing that you're going to receive it, believing it and not tempting God. If I didn't, I'm telling you, I know as a fact that I would not have received these two blessings and the confirmation directly from the throne room of God, which I'm going to share with you right now, not because I want you to stop praying for me. Oh, no, 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 no. On contraire, I am simply blessing you with the realization, with the testimony of the receipt, receipt of a blessing directly from the throne room of God. And I can tell you with great earnesty, or, or, you know, and, 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 and absolute positive, I'm positive, positive that I would not have received either of these if I would have not, A, been preaching it, and B, been living it. Simple as that. So I I practice when I preach. That doesn't mean that I don't have hard times with certain things and I don't go through dark times sometimes and everything, because we all go through stuff, all right? I just don't dwell on it. 
I fight my way back out of it. Okay, but anyway, and, and, and it's a long story, and, and, and that, that was over years of time. There's a whole – man, that's a book. That's a book. That's an Amityville horror book. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go there. I just want to stay focused on this. This small period of time, which goes a span of maybe three radio shows back, all right, and that is – Praise God for receiving what you have not received and mean it from the bottom of your heart and take joy from it. Hallelujah. Because it's going to change everything. Might not do it as fast as you want it to happen, but it's going to change everything. Because what you will see is a trail. As you start this journey and you and you and you and in earnesty and from the depth of your heart and you learn through the renewing of your mind, through the changing of your mind, through the discipleship and the discipline, and you see that thought coming into your mind and you're starting to doubt and you're starting to feel bad and you say, Praise you, Jesus, thank you, Father, because I believe your word, I believe I have received it, and I will, and I will continue to praise you until death do me part from this evil world. Hallelujah. Now, since, now remember, I don't preach one thing and then do something else. I have synergy. In other words, whatever I am sharing with you is what I am literally experiencing in real time or near real time. So you're going on the journey with me. This is not what you will receive from others on YouTube, on out there with their webs and their live Facebook preaching sessions and teaching sessions and blah, 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 blah. This is very different. The way that the Lord has led me to do what I do on this program is very, 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 very different than what anybody else out there is doing. It always has been. But I'm not puffed up about it. Believe me. I'm looking for the next frying pan to come down from heaven and whack me upside the head. We need to be ready for the next test. Now, here's the win. Here's the testimony. I received the test. I passed it for a while. Hope I keep on passing it. Because as you're starting to do good, things will start to happen for you. You will start to see Many miracles. You will start to see impossible coincidences. You will start to see something that you only prayed for two hours earlier, right before your eyes. And you'll be like, no way, that just happened. I just prayed for that this morning. And you're used to waiting a year before your prayers are answered. Why is that? That needs to change in all of us. We've got to stop waiting for this gigantic outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, and we need to walk in that sanctification, in that belief, in that faith, and we need to do it now by choice, not because somebody prophesied something four or five years ago, and you're sitting around waiting, wow, I'm waiting for, you know, the angel to show up in my bedroom. No. We're to be compliant and, and obedient to the Word of God today. All right, so. So hopefully you know that I have, everything that I've said thus far is true. You've heard me preach this stuff, or what, I don't like to even use the word preach because I don't even like to think of myself as a preacher, but testify to it, share it with you, impart it upon your heart through my own trials and tribulations so that maybe it will do some good for you too. Praise God. All right, now, all that being said, that is what I've been doing. I have been practicing what I have been sharing with everybody on this program in my life. And it's it's really hard to explain it. I was talking to my niece. And I was ex- trying to help her understand just just earlier today. 
You know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult transition to truly, truly, truly have joy when you have nothing to have joy over except in your faith, your faith that what you prayed for will be answered, that God loves you so much. And it might take a while, but by golly, you're happy, you're joyous because God is your best friend. Hallelujah. Now, when you come to that place, even if you're in taking baby steps, what you're going to see in your journey is little mini miracles along the journey. Suddenly, some prayers that you wouldn't see answered ever will start to get answered like right away. And you're going to be like, whoa, hey, whoa, this can't be. I can't believe this just happened. And you're going to, you'll be blown away from You'll be like, wow. But that's a great thing. Because what is it? It's a faith builder. And then you're going to want to repeat those behaviors over and over. It is going to tr- supercharge your faith. You're going to be like pumped. And then you're going to be even more praiseful and believing that your next prayer that you're praying or the next series of prayers, prayers that you're praying, and you're going to start praising God. And you're going to have joy in your heart because you're going to believe that you're going to receive it. And then little by little, you will come to a place where this becomes a normal practice and you begin to totally trust God and you don't worry anymore. You don't, you don't get bummed out. You might see God. What, what God will do when He tests you is He'll He'll say, you will say, dear Heavenly Father, please in the name of Jesus and tears, you'll be like, Lord, fervently praying to Him, and you'll say, Lord, this is a, this is a testimony, Lord, this happened to me, Lord, please, I need help. I I've been begging God for help, but I was look I was looking looking for it in all the wrong ways. And then I did mention that that one individual that I found on Thumbtack, well, it turned out that that one individual has been fantastically helpful. As a matter of fact, leading up to the very moment that I met this individual, the individual would disappear. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight days would go by, and I'd be like, Lord, you, you went and did it to me again. It's like God, you feel like God holds a delicious ice cream cone in front of you. You're starving to death. You haven't had anything to eat. You haven't had sweets in over six years because you've been doing keto. And God holds a delicious vanilla ice cream cone with sprinkles on it right in front of you and says, ha, 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 and he pulls it away. That's a test. Do you keep praising or do you cry about it? That's a test. If you don't keep praising, you dorked it up. You got to start at the beginning all over again. In fact, you might have flunked your sophomore year and have to go back and be a freshman again. You know how I know? Because I'm raising my hand. So since I've been sharing this with everybody on this program now effervescently and with great um, emotional fortitude and strength, um, call it what you will. Certainty, perhaps. Um, I've been seeing this transition taking place. So all of a sudden, this individual who I thought was taken away or didn't care or wasn't going to do it or whatever the case may be that I and I was like begging God, I need help, I need help, I need help. Now, this individual, I just got back from Atlanta. Uh, some of you know, some of you may not know. And I just got, and it was grueling. It was grueling. But I didn't complain. I just, you know, if people ask me, I said, man, I am in agony. But it was because I'm out of shape. I mean, I, I make a joke that my Fitbit uh, step counting meter was saying, stop, stop, start walking backwards, start walking backwards. You've gone, you've got way too many steps. But it was agonizingly painful, exhausting on a level that I cannot impart in words. But I got through it, and I'm back at the house. 
I'm not saying everything is perfect yet. But this person not only took care of my house when I was gone, not only cleaned it, not only did a bunch of other stuff that was extra, but I asked that individual, would you be interested in coming back on Saturday, e.g. tomorrow, and doing my laundry, taking my clothes to the dry cleaner, uh, dropping something off over at the UPS store, uh, you know, uh, uh, helping me remount the shelf that fell down in the Golden JIB Studios. Uh, you know, the, the list just goes on and on. Problem, I'll be there. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So there's one little bitty one. That's pretty big for me, though. But that's just one little bitty one in comparison, you know, to all the other ones. So, okay, so let's more. Let's add more to the list. I asked a number of people, uh, I threw out a fleece for prayer over my job. Now, if I do it over the main radio show like this, then I will leave out names. If it's, a, if it's between me and somebody on Hangouts or Google Chat or uh, a little bit more intimate or personal of a prayer request, I will sometimes let them know what company it is that I'm working for that I need prayer over. So the first one was a bazillion dollar company, definitely Fortune 50, global in scope, and I'm the only guy working for this client in my entire company. And I also am the only guy who understands what it is we're doing for them. So I can't just like say, hey, I need help. Please send Charlie over here to give me a hand here because nobody gets it but me. I don't like that. And I can't wait until I can train up some other people on this stuff and take some of that burden off of my chest. But for the time being, if I do anything wrong or if that client decides to go to another competitor, I'm going to be blamed because I'm the one standing there holding, you know, I'm holding the bag. The salespeople and everybody are going to blame me, even if it has nothing to do with me, because I understand corporate politics, particularly in the consulting profession. Well, while I was in Atlanta, I had a 30-minute status call with his company. I was standing in, on the uh, ground floor of the Atlanta Falcons football stadium. Now, I'm not big on football anymore, but that was a pretty trippy thing to see, to be actually standing where the head coaches stand during a football game, to see it from that perspective. Now, with a, the place full, it would have been really amazing, but it was empty. But I did a, a, a video conference call over Teams or whatever with this gazillion-dollar global company, and I got to show them the stadium behind me, which they all just gobbled that up like it was Thanksgiving dinner, and they were like, wow, this is really great. Well, anyway, long story short, even though I was up against an entire corporation of specialists that do nothing but what I am doing for this company, and they were trying to take away the business from me because I'm the only one servicing the company, I, through the grace of God, am still serving the company. They still want me to do the work for them, even though this whole other company out of Detroit that specializes in what they need, it was me against that entire corporation. But through the power of Jesus Christ and God's grace and the prayers that were being answered, because I was praising them the whole time because I knew I was going to get it. And I did. That was a wonderful thing. Of course, in the flesh, my fellow colleagues are like, wow, John, way to go. Pat you on the back. Boy, you're wonderful. And all that kind of stuff. But I knew it was all God. Praise his name. Well, 
but there, see, God doesn't stop testing us, folks. The second that you think that God is going to stop testing you, you've dorked up. You're already in. You are so vulnerable to Satan, you cannot even believe it. You won't believe it until you are like me, and you take so many beatings that you can barely get back up again. And then you're like, oh, God, oh, God, why hast thou forsaken me? But that's not where you want to be. It's not a victory position. It, you, you don't get more from God by doubting your faith, but by praising him for what you don't see and being joyful because you know you're going to get it or something better, perhaps. So within literally two days, a series of emails go flying across my email, and it's, and, and it's another gazillion. I'm talking about one of the world's largest financial services company ever. Okay, you probably do business with them. And they have, over the last five years, insisted that I was the only one that would ever work for them. They didn't care that there were thousands of other consultants that could do just, you know, that kind of thing. They, no, we want John. We want John. That's how it is. John, 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 John. <clears throat> Well, you might say, oh, that's really a great thing because that really looks good to your boss and blah, blah, blah. But you have to understand that, can, that comes with it. There, it can really blow up in your face. Well, guess what? It blew up in my face. Because not only did this quadrillion dollar company um, line me up for a trip to their mega location out in the West for the first week of June, but Two days after the other blessing, emails start flying like crazy. They're coming from the client managers. They're coming from the salespeople. They're coming from this person. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. One email, another email, another email, another email, another email. And I go in and I look at them and I'm going like, no, no, oh, oh, please, no. Turns out the same company wanted to book me by name again for another trip out to the West Coast, which is gruelingly painful and agonizing and um guess what it's over the same time range yeah so not only would i have to make one trip to the west coast but i'd have to make another trip to the west coast back to back and then i would have to try to do basically four weeks worth of work in one week and the only possible way i could not have to do that given the tone of the emails and what was said in the emails with all these people all jacked up. We got to get it done. We got to get it done. Where's John? Where's John? Where's John? Where's John? I just completely ignored him. I, I, you know, I, I was, I had to step back from it. Then today, now I, I want you to know that this morning, last night, I, I wouldn't even look at the communications regarding this because I knew there was no way I could do it. I can't split myself like an amoeba and do that kind of work. It is, it's humanly impossible. So I was on my knees, or actually this morning I was so exhausted from the trip to Atlanta, I wasn't on my knees, I was hurting too much, and I sat in my prayer chair, I anointed myself with oil, and I prayed fervently to the Lord, and I said, please, Father, please, in Jesus' name, please have mercy upon me, and please spread my travel out a little bit more so that I can heal and keep going. And this afternoon... I called up that client who wants me, 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 and nobody else. 
And I introduced him. I said, look, we got another guy. I see your timeline is really tight. I don't want to let you, you know, I don't want to lay you down and everything, which is all genuine and true. And I said, we got another guy. This guy is absolutely brilliant. He's an expert in what it is you're looking to have done. And I can help him and give him all the documentation. And that way you'll get everything you need on time. And he said, okay. So for the first time in five years, this man at this quadrillion dollar company said, okay, I trust you. Let's go ahead and give this other guy a try for this particular gig. Okay. But I've got other hurdles because I've got to get permission from this, you know, director of this and director of that and this person and that person. And then I got to go to another person to get permission and blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on and on and on. It's enough to make you just want to rip out the last two hairs that you have in your bald head. Actually, I have a couple more, but not many. But anyway, after much to do, he's going to go ahead and do the gig. The client is happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's patting each other on the back. It's a wonderful thing. And it was an answer to a prayer. It was an impossible answer to a prayer. At the very last millisecond, literally, I had gotten this guy, his name is Stuart. I had gotten this guy, Stuart, to accept the gig, the client to accept Stuart. Everything was set up literally within minutes before our, comp, you know, our, our conference call where we – because I couldn't spring it on him in the conference call. That would have been a total fail. I had to have it all lined up before the conference call, and I did, which was a miracle, which is an absolute miracle after five years. Then I received, praise Jesus, a prophecy from Wings of Prophecy. Now remember, please never, never idolize or think that anybody that has a gift of prophecy is anybody special because, believe you me, they're not. And they make as many mistakes as the rest of us. Unfortunately, a lot of times they don't realize that they're making the mistakes that they're making, which is really very, very sad. But I don't get in, excuse me, I don't get into that. I'll pray for him, and that's where I leave it. It's in God's hands. It's not our, uh, us to worry about. God will use imperfect people, and then if they're imperfect enough, then they will be subject to. There will come to you know they, they will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Be gone from me, ye doers of lawlessness. I have not known you. Let's pray that that doesn't happen to anybody that we know. Now, all that being said, it's the prophecy that's important to discern. You discern the prophecy. You don't worry about the prophet. Don't you worry yourself about that. Just read the words and discern whether or not they're from the throne room. That's simple as that. It's what we do. And if you discern that they're a little off, then toss it. And that's what we're told to do in the Bible. We dis- we we test and discern the prophecies, not the prophet. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read this to you. Thursday, May 12th of 2022. Now, this was sent to me today. So my eyes, my spirit, my soul, my body, my flesh, my mind, everything received it today. The title of the prophecy is Tests, Tests, and More Tests from Wings of Prophecy. Again, the title is Tests, Tests, and More Tests. 
Now, you might say, now, Johnny, that's kind of impossible. I don't believe that. That sounds like some kind of a miracle to me. I, that's so supernatural, I have a hard time believing that. That person, uh, whoever that Wings of Prophecy person is, they must be listening to your radio show because that's just a little bit too much supernatural for my taste. I guarantee you that person isn't listening to my radio show. Or this radio show, because it ain't mine. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's yes, some supernatural synergy that cannot be duplicated. There is no possible way you can make this up. It is not possible. If you have been listening to me in the last, what, three, four shows, and you see this prophecy, you know there's no collusion. You know that I didn't have some secret clandestine conversation with this particular prophet, and they came out and prophesied on my behalf. That is not what happened. This is God. Tests, tests, and more tests. What have we been talking about? For several, for multiple weeks worth of shows, we've been talking about tests, tests, and more tests. And we've been also talking about ensuring with one another how to pass the tests and to receive the blessing so that you're not limiting God and also canceling out your prayer. All right, so I'm going to read this to you. Tests, tests, and more tests. And again, I quote, test, test, and more test. My children are being tested and refined. My children are weary and disappointed from these many trials, but they are necessary. My children, be patient as you walk out these tests that you are in for uh, the, the test that you are in for. Okay, so again, it's a little bit of a choppy sentence, but. I'll read it again. My children, be patient as you walk out these tests you are in for, for your reactions to them helps determine whether you will be left behind in the terrifying times to come or whether you will qualify for an early release from God's, I'm sorry, from Earth's struggles. I'm going to read that paragraph again. Because if you haven't gotten it by now, you should be you should be like flipping out. My children, be patient as you walk uh, as you walk out these tests that you are in for, for your reactions to them help to determine whether you will be left behind in the terrifying times to come, or whether you will qualify for an early release from Earth's struggles. Early release from Earth's struggles. First watch. Second watch. First fruits. Barley harvest. Many are called. Few are chosen. Bride of Christ. There is a first watch. It is a guarantee. It's not a hypothesis. It's not a posit. It's absolutely a fact. God has confirmed it for me so many ways that I know beyond any shadow of a doubt and can speak with great authority, just like Jesus did when he was in the temple and the Pharisees were so wowed. Listen, he speaks with such authority. Well, guess what? I am telling you with authority now of Jesus Christ that there are three rescue missions, barley, wheat, and grape. I have no doubt in my mind God is absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt, confirmed it to me time and time again. This particular prophecy is talking about just that. 
Now, what are we, what are we, what are, what have we been talking about for so long now? What is our focus have been? Our focus has been on the barley harvest. Our focus has been on the first watch. We want to get out of here before things get really bad. We've been talking about how you do not harm the oil or the wine at the end of the third seal, which is global financial collapse. We've been talking about that Pastor Sori Park uh, was taken to heaven and spoke to Jesus, and Jesus said that NASA will come forward and tell everybody that the aliens took the people that are missing. But NASA can't come forward if there is already a gigantic meteor that has struck off the the coast of Puerto Rico. If we were already in the day of the Lord, the sixth seal, there's no way that NASA would even have the capability, let alone the electrical power that was necessary to come out on the television to tell people that the aliens took them, which means that Pastor Sori Park was shown what? The barley harvest. The first fruits harvest, the exact same rapture that this particular prophecy is talking about. Hallelujah. I want to read that again. My children, be patient as you walk out these tests that you are in, for your reactions to them helps to determine whether you will be left behind for the terrifying times to come or whether you will qualify for an early release from our struggles. Your trials will not. Uh, your trials are not without purpose, my precious ones. If you fail a test, I will give you an opportunity to retake it. I am getting you ready. End quote. So there's your testimony. That is a very interesting and fascinating and highly consistent way that God deals with me in my life and my walk. Probably because he wants me to go through it, so I'll share it with you. That would be my guess. Doesn't mean I have any one-upsmanship on anybody. Believe you me. Not at all. And woe unto me if I didn't share it. Praise God, thank you Jesus. So I wanted I wanted to impart that entire experience to you in the context of all of the things that we've been talking about for the last several shows and actually really when you think about it and you consider all of the tests that I've been put through and shared with you and many 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 many, many times over the last several years because some of them were really horrific and da 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 and took me a long time to Whatever. I don't even know where I am. I'm just on a journey just like we all are. But I wanted you to know that in my experience with the Lord right now, with signs and wonders following, as Paul admonished us, understand, you'll know it's from God because of signs and wonders. Okay, well, guess what? Signs and wonders, wonders and signs. I'm sharing it with you. Why? Because it is, not only did I get my signs and wonders along the journey, but I got the prophecy directly from the throne room of God that confirmed that what I was sharing was right on target and in the perfect timing of God. Because God has the perfect timing. And you'll know that when you walk in that harmony, that synchronicity with him. But you're not going to see any of it if you don't get the basics. 
And it took me years and years and years and years of misery to get to the basics. And I haven't mastered them by any stretch. I'm a baby in, mas- in, in trying to come to these places. And a lot of people that, that do walk in continuous joy and happiness are because they don't even understand the Christian walk at all. It's their ignorance that makes them happy. They walk around and smiley, wily, wily, but when things get really bad, they're going to fall flat on their face. We have a blessing. The blessing for us is to understand what we know about the end times right now and to be suffering the pain and agony of Ecclesiastes 118 and to be going through trials and tribulations and rejection and, and you know, not even being able to fellowship with anybody at church and all the awful things that we have to go through and the things that are happening in our families and the sicknesses and all the other stuff. And we have to endure all these things and keep on praising. And it's got to be coming from the bottom of our heart and we've got to have joy from it because we believe our Father God is going to answer one way or the other. And that's where the joy comes from. And when you come to that place, you've got to fight to maintain that joy because that's the place that you're going to start receiving the answers to your prayers. That's where the miracles will start to happen, supernatural miracles to follow. And then we have to stay there. And that's a, that's a fight. And never think that God's going to stop testing you because he isn't. But when you realize that the next test is coming and you got the drill down, you know what it is you need to do. You send out a fleece to your brothers and sisters to pray because you can sense in your spirit that something's coming. Christian or churchianity. Oh, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil. Just remember that some of the hardest things you will ever go through will be chastening from God and even worse, tests. A refiner's fire test will oftentimes be the most horrible things that a Christian th- Christian will have to go through in their life because God has got to break you down to lift you back up again. And a lot of people will not get back up again. And that is a shame. And we're not going to be it. Many are called, few are chosen. And we got to go that extra mile. We got to run that race like nobody else could ever catch us. We can't look back. We were chosen for the time that we are in right now. There's a reason that you are listening to this program right now. There's a reason that you understand all the horrible things and the global satanic crime syndicate and all the you know, things that we've been talking about on this program for 11 years. You understand these things because God wanted you to understand these things. Why? Because you needed to be prepped up. I'm not talking about having beans and rice in your garage. I'm talking about spiritually prepped up. You need to understand how vitally important what I just shared with you is in your walk. Because if you can't put it into practice right now, how are you going to do that when it gets ten times worse? Oh, I'm going to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I highly recommend that you do not. Our sanctification is a choice. We can choose to walk in obedience to the Lord. We can choose to seek him with all of our heart. We can choose to love him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. We can choose to have true godly sorrow. We can choose to self-examine ourselves. We can choose to go through those tests and pass them with determination. But I will tell you for sure, beyond any shadow of a doubt, no shadow, not even tiniest little inkling of a shadow, not even the hint of a shadow, not even a hint of the word of speaking a shadow. That if you don't learn to praise God and thank him for the things that you asked for and the things and truly believe that he's going to give them to you or something better, 
Maybe at a more perfect time, but you be you best be praising, you best be joyful, you best be happy, you best be thankful. You're on the boat. Bring more people on the boat and thank him for everything that you ask for because he is God and he is not going to let you down. You might not get what you think that you think that you need, but whatever you're going to get is going to be a lot better than that. And you praise him for it. And you should be genuinely happy no matter how awful your life appears to be in the flesh. Because our commandment in obedience is to transcend the flesh. Because we are a royal priesthood. Are a holy nation. We are his own special people that were brought out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. We are. You are. Accept that you are. And praise him for it. Because that's when the journey begins. That's when you'll see signs and wonders following. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight is May the 13th of 2022, the 12th of Lyre, 5782. Uh, today is Omer number 27, and an Omer is a bundle of barley. Hallelujah. May 13th of 2022, the time now is 8:12 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, and together we light the Sabbath candles, or if you prefer, the Shabbat candles. And if you read and understand Romans 14, you will know that you can have, okay, hold on a second. There we go. I got it lit. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm going to light three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son. Thank you, Jesus. And one for the all-forgotten God, our awesome Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Borei Baruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav Veratzavanu Vishabat kodsho ve'avavratzon inchilanu zikaron lemasei vereshit. Ki hu yom techila lemikra ekodesh zechel Mitraim Baruch 
praise you, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. You are one. You are one. And you are power and you are love. And we praise you for allowing us to be a part of that power and that love. For perfect love cast out all fear. And we were not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in a split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little sins that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you. 
mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be those of his own household he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me Jesus said he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me who is Jesus is Jesus not the word Who is Jesus? My Bible says that Jesus is the Word. For John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. And in him life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the Word of God. So when it says here, He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, another way of looking at this is, He who loves son or daughter more than that which I have commanded you in my Word, which is me, is not worthy of me. That's a very high bar. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me all the way to Golgotha to die is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake by going all the way with your cross to Golgotha will find it eternally. For thus says the Lord, the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, and his name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah fifty-seven, fifteen. Praise you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. And in concert with um, the earlier testimony, 
allow me to share with you this Charles Spurgeon, May 19th. Wow, look, it's almost a year since I was given this. I originally gave this testimony. So we're only a few days away from the one year point of when I gave this originally, this testimony. I was so depressed and sad, had every reason in the world, in my opinion, to be so. I wasn't upset with the Lord at all. You know, there's a proverb that says, when a man's uh, ways bring himself to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. That was not where I was. I was disappointed with myself. I was disappointed with my inability to conquer some strongholds that that had gotten the best of me in my life. I was very sad about choices that I'd made in the past that were affecting me now at my ripe old age. I was very depressed also that um, things did not seem to be progressing. The end times just just wasn't progressing. Of course, we can't say that now, but back then, and maybe it was a couple of years ago. I don't know. Maybe this was two years ago. Might have been. Might have been two years ago. But I was feeling really, really sorry for myself. I wasn't, I wasn't upset with the Lord at all. Not at all. I, under, I understand God. I know his heart. I feel his heart. But for me, at that moment in time, I was wrapped up in me, not thinking about, you know, all the other stuff, just thinking about me and my pitiful, pathetic position in life and the awful mistakes that I had made and where I found myself at that moment in time, wondering and so disgusted and sad with myself, but not even in, not an inkling of it was being at all upset with our father. There was none of that at all. It was just me. The problem is when we become wrapped up in me, it can be very dangerous for others that could be saved by our testimony and it's dangerous for our walk, for to him much has been given, much will be required. Luke twelve forty seven and 48. He who takes his hands from the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God, Jesus said. <clears throat> so, you know, you can be, you know, you can go through your pity party for a while, but you better pull yourself out of it pretty quick and recognize how awesome God is. And remember that you're on the boat, but I was in a dark place. And I've been, I've been in and out of that dark place over years of time. Because it's a journey. Sanctification is a journey, and you don't learn everything up front. you got to be determined. you got to punch your way through it. God isn't going to send an archangel into your room and pick you back up again. He's just not going to do it. There is an expectation for us to do what we are commanded to do in the Word. Hallelujah. But at at that time, I was absolutely overwhelmed and engulfed with self-pity. And believe you me, I had really good reasons. A lot better of reasons than a lot of my fellow brothers and sisters that I I knew about. Although some of them had worse situations than I had. So anyway, this particular day, I was on my knees. And I thought to myself, in my heart, Elijah was greatly, greatly loved by God. As a matter of fact, he's held up really by uh, 
the Jews and, and so many, even in the New Testament, uh, as being like, you know, and, and if you think about it, really, in the grand scheme of things, wasn't he like, you know, with the exception of maybe Methuselah, wasn't he like the only person who, um, short of Jesus when he was taken up into heaven, uh, you know, at the Mount of Transfiguration and all that? Uh, but, I mean, really, he's the only one that's been raptured. He left the earth raptured. No other human. Prior to that, maybe with the exception of Methuselah, right? All right, so anyway, so that's pretty an amazing thing. And I remembered in my heart that he had prayed to God when he was real depressed about all the other prophets and Jezebel and all this other stuff. He was sitting in the cave and he was like, Father, you know, take me home. Just please let me die. Because he was bummed out. So I, I thought, well, I'm pretty bummed out. I've had it up to here. I don't want to, I, I, I can't take it anymore. I equated myself with Elijah, and I felt I had every reason to ask God to take me home and kill me. I begged him to. Most people don't understand these things, but if the, if the Lord takes you home and you're in glory that day, you're going to be so super-duper happy. You're, 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 words can't describe. And I knew that. And I knew, but it would have to be God's decision, Isaiah 57, 1 and 2. I beseeched him to take me home. Please let me die in my sleep. Please just get me out of here. Haven't I, haven't I done enough? I don't really need any rewards, Father. Just let me come home. I had it all figured out. I wanted to go home. I think a lot of us have been there. Maybe maybe we didn't get to that the point where we actually asked God to allow us to die, but I think a lot of us have been in that place in our journey at some point. And maybe you're there now. I'm going to share this with you. Because I know that that morning when I was praying those prayers, I got up from my knees with tears in my eyes. And I walked into my office to do a job that, particularly at that moment in time, I hated so much that the very idea of opening my eyes in the morning was absolutely horrific. I can't even put it into words. But I wasn't praiseful. I wasn't grateful. I, 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 I was missing the mark by a long, boy, oh my gosh. I mean, if, if, if I was supposed to be, you know, using a, a, you know, a slingshot like David to hit Goliath, I was so far off base. I was, my, my stone was flying into somebody else's football field. But I didn't know it. Because I thought to myself, hey, if Elijah could do it, I can do it too. There's nothing sinful about it, obviously. Amen. So I, so I was, that's where I was. And I got up with tears in my eyes, meaning everything that I prayed for from the bottom of my heart. And I sat down at my desk and fired up my laptop, got ready to start the work day. And I looked over to the left where one of my main computer, you know, monitors was sitting and right there in front of my face was PC Study Bible version 5 and uh, right there was uh, Charles Spurgeon morning and evening and it happened to be the evening now it was in the morning that I saw it but it was May 19th p.m. the evening devotional of Charles Spurgeon staring at me directly in the face 
and I was drawn to, to it. I was drawn to read it because it was just too pa-pow right in my face. It was too supernatural the way that it just jumped out at me like that. Everything I was doing. And I very carefully read it. And here's what it said. By the way, there's a lot of this that weaves together with the testimony that I just gave. So I'm gonna, that's why I feel led to share this as well. Charles Spurgeon quotes 1 Kings 19, verse 4, and he requested for himself that he might die. And then Spurgeon goes on to explain through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which this guy, he, you know, man, man, it, it took, I had to grow up and I had, I had to make a lot, a lot of things, a lot of amazing and horrific and horrible and, oh gosh, my walk. I had to go through my walk, my version of my walk, and I'm not through it yet, but I'm definitely in a different place, wherever that is. I'd like to hope that it's a better place than I was. But in the, when I – like I, I, I love Smith Wigglesworth's devotionals right off the bat. But Spurgeon – I didn't really get Spurgeon a lot of the times I'd read his stuff. It wasn't until I matured a little bit more and became more spiritual and knew the word of God better and all and and God tested me and the, and all the trials, tribulations, refiners, fire, and things that I went through before I started looking at Star, Charles Spurgeon and saw the Holy Spirit filled genius in it because I couldn't relate to it before. But after going through all I went through, I really related to it. Here's what it says: "Quote." It was a remarkable thing that the man who was never to die, for whom God had ordained an infinitely better lot, the man who should be carried to heaven in a chariot of fire for now, and be translated that he should not see death, should thus pray, quote, Let me die, for I am no better than my father's. We have here a memorable proof that God does not always answer prayer in kind. In other words, he doesn't answer specifically the prayer that you pray. Quote, though he always does answer your prayers in effect. In other words, the outcome of the prayer, God sees a better way, better timing, better outcome, sees the beginning from the end, and he will answer your prayer in effect. That is profound, folks. But he goes on and he says, He gave Elias something better than that which he asked for, and thus really hard, I'm sorry, uh, and thus really heard and answered him. Strange was it that the lion-hearted Elijah should be so depressed by Jezebel's threat to ask to die, and blessed was it, um, I'm sorry, blessedly kind was it on the part of our Heavenly Father that he did not take his despondent servant at his word. There is a limit to the doctrine of the prayer of faith. We are not to expect that God will give us everything that we choose to ask for. We know that we sometimes ask and do not receive because we ask amiss. If we ask for that which is not promised, in the word, 
If we run counter to the spirit which the Lord would have us cultivate, contrary to his will, or to the decrees of his divine providence, if we ask merely for the gratification of our own ease, and without an eye to his glory, Remember what it says in John 14, 12, 13, and 14. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. We must not expect that we shall receive. Yet, when we ask in faith, nothing doubting, if we receive not the precise thing asked for, we shall receive an equivalent, and more than an equivalent, as one remarks, Spurgeon went on to say, if the Lord does not pay in silver, he will pay in gold. If he does not pay in gold, he will pay in diamonds. If he does not give you precisely what you ask for, he will give you that which is tantamount to it, and that which you will greatly rejoice to receive in lieu thereof. Be then, dear reader, much in prayer. And make this evening a season of earnest intercession. But take heed what you ask. Lord, I kneel here, overwhelmed by all I see. I ask you to come and sit a while with me and hold me in your arms. I love you, Jesus. The last days are with us, give me strength to stand, faith to release the fear as you embrace my heart again, and lift me above the storm, I love you Jesus. Lord, I lift your name up high. I praise your holy name. I'll find your power in this final hour. You're my heart's desire, and you will carry me By your mighty power, you're soon to sit and reign. I welcome you, Jesus. Make my path look very plain as I lift my heart to you. I praise you, Jesus. Your mighty hand is moving, I worship our great King, as you take your awesome power and defeat your enemies, 
as we take our place with you. I praise you, Jesus. Lord, I lift your name up high. I praise your holy name all by your power. In this final hour, you're my heart's desire and you will carry me through till we join you in the sky as you split the sky open wide right upon your
Father, we pray in Jesus' name that they will shut down those portals. They will strike these demons deaf, blind, and dumb. Place them under arrest. Cast them into the pit. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for them to continue the hunt, to shut it all down, to strike down any indirect threat vector that may be used against us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare the holy fire to swirl around about our household in the midst of a thorny hedge of protection and a white and, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot. We declare in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, for powerful warrior angels to stand guard at our dwelling places, to follow us wherever we go. We decree the holy fire of God to swirl around our prayers, to melt the firmament of the rock and to scatter the darkness in all, of, all directions, Father God, in Jesus' name, that our prayers will unite with the glory pillar and become merged with utter synergy with the Godhead. In Jesus' name, we exercise the rule of the victor over all demonic regions that, have, that would attempt even to set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, against all demonic regions that would permit these spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us or our loved ones. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes, cancellation of all of their assignments against us. Penalties applied into the pit in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will forgive our loved ones for their sins. For we forgive them, Father, and we pray that you will forgive them too. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for your holy fire to wrap itself completely around our loved ones, that there will be a breakthrough. We ask you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that as that holy fire surrounds them, white-hot, Father, that they are protected. Let nothing unclean re-enter them. We bind and cast out all demons of darkness, all spiritual hosts of wickedness, out of our loved ones, all strongholds. We break them. We break all generational and bloodline curses. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare the holy fire of God in a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. Father, we pray down in Jesus' name, angels to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night to father to touch their hearts lord jesus to touch their hearts we pray supernaturally that they will be witness to talk to they will become one in their dreams and their visions and they will awaken changed even if they do not respond immediately to it father we pray that this will be a persistent occurrence in their lives. We know that you will save their souls. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you. We thank you for saving the souls of our loved ones. We thank you for saving the souls of those whom, of whom we pray. We thank you, Father God, for answering our prayers, even though we may not understand nor see them. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to be able to perceive and understand your word in a completely different light that we, than, than maybe that we were able to see it in years gone by. And we thank you, Father, for awakening us and helping us to be able to see signs and wonders in our own lives because we give you praise we divorce ourselves from all these things of the world we do not see ourselves married as spouse for the scripture says in galatians 3 verse 28 there is neither man nor woman there is neither jew nor gentile but we are all one in christ hallelujah allow us to accept the sanctification as a royal priesthood and to rise up above this world and to be unaffected by it in the mighty name of jesus christ we pray and thank you father hallelujah for you alone 
are worthy. Glory be to the Most High God. And at this time, I'd like, I'd like to anoint myself with holy oil. I do it a lot. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. We consecrate ourselves into the complete ownership of you. Jesus, our first love. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us and our loved ones. We declare the abundant grace of God upon us, the living water, the crystal river, to flow and wash over all of every, every particle of our existence in this realm and to purify us. We plead your blood upon us to cleanse us with your holy purity, Lord Jesus. We declare that no weapons raised against us shall even exist, for the holy fire of God shall vaporize them before they can be used. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the demons. We step away from them and we command them into the pit. In the name of Jesus, we cancel all demonic assignments against us with the authority of our king. We break all yokes of bondage, all curses placed against us. We declare the holy fire of God and thorny hedge of protection around about us on all sides and our loved ones and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do we praise your holy name we are ready for all we accept all hallelujah let only your will be done in us in all of us we wish no more than this father into your hands we commit our soul into your hands we commit our spirit we offer it to you with all of the love of our heart for we love you lord and we need to give of ourselves to you to surrender of ourselves into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence for you are our abba father we praise your name Thank you for this journey, Father. Thank you for the next trial. Thank you for the next test. Thank you for tearing us down that you can build us back up. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, we praise your name. Amen.
our supplications before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Prophecy from Behold I Come, 9th of August, 2019. The greatest fight of all time is here. That which is presenting itself before you now is that which you have been trained to battle. As hell has opened her gates and the demons are measured in great number, you will see more and more manifestations of the demonic around you. You are targets because of your obedience to me, and they will stop at nothing to throw you off track. They prey upon your weaknesses. They look for breaches in your armor. You must not allow them entry. Face them head on, directly speaking verbally the words that I have given you, my holy word. As there is great power in the spoken word, breath is life, and you deliver life or death with all you speak. So speak forcefully directly, and with my great authority granted to you, and command them to flee. They must obey. It is me in you they fear. And although many will come against you, they are still greatly outnumbered and lack any power against those who walk in my commandments. The enemy only has vehicles in which he can inhabit to use and abuse. However, I have finely tuned instruments which I have refined by fire, who walk in the fullness of all that I am. He has no match for us. The enemy will especially target you through those who are closest to you, your family, your children, your acquaintances. Maintain your position, realizing you must separate the spirits operating through a person from, from the person themselves. Many times the person will not have the understanding that they are being used as a weapon against you. Simply speak my word and stand in truth. No weapon formed against you will be allowed to prosper. 
I have given you the war manual in the form of your warfare prayers and have given you my word, which is sufficient to battle in all hordes, all the hordes of hell, as they attempt to devour all in their path. You are not victims. You are victorious in me, and the battle has already been won. It is your position to take authority which you have been, that has been granted you and to stand. I will train you in using those closest to you until you learn to overcome before I send you out to others. Hallelujah. Look at that, huh? I'll read that again. I have given you the war manual in the form of your warfare prayers. I have given you my word, which is sufficient to battle all the hordes of hell, as they attempt to devour all in their path. You are not victims. You are victorious in me, and the battle has already been won. In your, It is your position to take the authority which has been given to you and stand. I will train you using those closest to you until you learn to overcome before I send you out to others. I will train you using those closest to you until you learn to overcome before I send you out to others. Testing, testing. Is this mic on? Testing, testing, test, test. Praise God. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God or regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice for me against my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, although I don't fear God nor regard man, Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she will weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, Will he really find faith on the earth? Well, you know, when I read this, I wonder to myself, how much longer do we have here on earth? Fascinating that Jesus would end this parable with the words, Nevertheless, when I come, will I find faith? What have we been talking about all night? Praise God. Many are called. Few. Few are chosen. Search us, Father. Know our hearts. Try us. Know our anxieties. Father, please search us. See if there is any wicked way in us. And lead us to the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23. Oh, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. You did not choose me. That's what our Father said. Our Father said to us, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed, I ordained you. If you look at the Greek, that's what it means, ordained. Isn't it funny? You've been ordained. No, surely not me. Yes, you have been ordained that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain. In other words, what you do shall have such a great impact, even if it's said meekly, humbly, and lovingly, it will have such a great impact that that fruit will remain and that person will ultimately make it to heaven. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, Jesus said, he may give you. God chose you. God ordained you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we enter into communion. Disciples were seated about you at the eve of a man's bread. You said, I eagerly yearn for this supper, and that it suffers so his children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. The lady not understand. Reach of his plan in his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn so we gather from memory the glory of the lamb the one who was slain for the seed of abraham as we long for your coming we imagine the feast the king and his bride when our waiting has ceased He arose and went back up to heaven To speak to the heavenly force You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had covered the cause And I can only imagine The thunder sound And though heaven exploded in tears We were freed from our chains all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win. So we gather remembering the of our soul. Destroyer of death, the Lord of our own. The light in our arms, the edge of our sword. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land, all of creation, restored by his hand, 
eternity always revealed by the time we remember all scars will be healed as we long for your coming we imagine the feast the Lord and his bride when our waiting has ceased special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. 
And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will. But as you will. Matthew twenty six, thirty nine. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. First Timothy three, sixteen. We pray for purification based upon Psalm fifty one one through fourteen. Father, we pray. Oh, Father, not only do we pray, but we thank you. We thank you for your mercy does endure forever. We thank you for forgiving us for things that we really don't deserve to be forgiven for. We thank you for your love. As David, as David said, according to your loving kindness, According to your tender mercies, Father, we thank you for being so merciful, so kind, so patient, and helping us along this journey, not giving us what we ask for sometimes in prayer, knowing what is much better for us, training us, training us in hardship difficulties, refinement, that we might glorify you. Wash us, Father, thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For, Father God, we acknowledge our transgressions, our sin. It's always before us. And against you and you only, Father, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father God, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, Father, you desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, Father God and we shall be clean. Wash us and we will be whiter than snow. Father, do not remember our sins. Let us contend together. Make us your joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins, Father. Blot out all of our iniquities. 
more than anything we pray that you would continuously create a clean heart within each of us. Sanctify us, Father, through your mercy and your grace. Draw us in closer to you, Lord, and love us even when we feel the least worthy. Bless us with the presence of your Holy Spirit when we feel the least worthy. Restore to us, Lord our God, joy. Joy not only in your salvation, but Father, to recognize that we were chosen for the days that we are in right now. And to understand the magnitude of such a blessing, even amidst that which we perceive as darkness. Help us to understand why, to the pure, all things are pure. And then we will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will deliver us from the guilt of all our past sins and iniquity. And then we will praise you forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Fadodi, Fadodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine.
Well, praise God. <laughs> right in the middle of the song, the thing disconnects. I guess, uh, who knows, uh, uh, some kind of an electronic demon maybe got between the, uh, uh, whatever. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and fast forward it a little bit. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. You were sick for my deceit. You were poor for my prosperity. You were strong and I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer. I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God alive. To always be with me. And I know I will never be are the sons of God. 
We are the masters of the devil. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. On behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Ezekiel 22.30 Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Father, here we are. Send us. Isaiah 43.25 Our Father said, I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. Put me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. 12-14 Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, I will do it. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him, the Lord Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, our power through Christ, to him, Jesus, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. First John 3, 8 through 9. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. We are crucified in Christ. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. Intensified prevailing prayer. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable it is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. It's the name of the book. James 5.16b, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity, impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. We cast out demons. Mark 16.17-18, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, ingest, ingest is the word drink. If they ingest anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Immediately? 
doesn't say that. Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. It's not pepper spray. It's not knives. It's not guns. It's not billy clubs. It's not baseball bats. They're not earthly. But they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Gee, that would include fiery darts, too. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual husband of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. Ephesians six fourteen through 20. Stand ye therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, the shield of faith, the shield of faith, 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 hallelujah, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the, darts of the wicked one. Faith. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and the only offensive weapon, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And remember that all of these promises are only for those who put these things into practice. If you just walk around going, hey, I, I go to church every Sunday and I believe in Jesus, it don't apply to you. I'm sorry, it doesn't. That's not, you're not meeting the prerequisite requirements to, to, to be qualified for these things. This is a higher level. Remember Jesus said in Revelation 3, he said, I would want for you to, I, I, would, I would wish that you were either cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Casting out demons, Mark 9.25. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Notice that Jesus is talking to the devil or the demons directly. Okay, we talk to the mountain. We talk to the mountain. Be thou cast into the sea. Remember that Jesus waited until the people came running together. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Matthew twelve twenty eight to 30, Jesus said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one unenter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? Unless he first binds the strong man, then he will plunder his house. Strong man, demon, senior demon, cut off the head of the snake. So he cut out, rebuke and call forth the strong man, demon first, cast him into the pit. And then call forth the other demons. They will follow. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to a dry place seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. 
because the demons were cast out. But then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation, because they failed to go and sin no more. And nobody ever teaches them that they need to fight back. And the demons think they have a legal right to stay there forever. you got to tell them, get out! They're not especially intelligent, but they are remarkably filthy. And if you don't have the power of the name of the Lord Jesus on your side, you do not want to meet up with them, that is for sure. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, we lift up the peoples of the lands of Africa, the entire continent nations, from the northern sides of Morocco, Egypt, to the southern sides of South Africa, Johannesburg, to the far western sides of Ghana, to the eastern sides, Father God, of the Sudan. Father, all nations, tribes, and tongues from the north to the south, to the east, and to the west. Father, we hold up symbolically before you a golden cup of forgiveness in the mighty name of Jesus, and we pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Pour out a golden cup of forgiveness upon them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pour out your mercy upon them in the name of Jesus, and Father, forgive them in Jesus' name. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and Daniel and did in nine, chapter 9, verse 25, on behalf of all of Israel, Father, we confess of their sins before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places above the continent of Africa. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. In Jesus' name, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into horrific and screaming agony. In Jesus' name, and we decree and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels, fully clad in the armor of God, diamond-tipped short swords, sharp as razor blades to descend upon thee in the name of Jesus Christ and to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, strong men, come forth. We have loosed your legal rights to the peoples of the lands of Africa and we command you out now. Subordinate spirits, release them now. Come out. We decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon the lands of Africa to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them into screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals, even if but for a time. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we declare your holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate every single man, woman, and child from the north to the south to the east and to the west across all of the lands of Africa in Jesus' name. Let nothing unclean reenter the clean swept house. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus and plead with your courts, O Lord our God. May your mercy endure forever, 
forever and ever. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace will flow deep into their heart to fertilize the soil they're in, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in accordance with John 15, 16. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Fuego, Jesus. Hallelujah. Fire of God, descend upon them in Jesus' name and touch them where they are. Hallelujah. We declare in Jesus' name a myriad and innumerable company of angels of war to descend light and love indeed to to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night and protection around about them on all sides, Father God, that nothing unclean may touch them to distract them, to, 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 to take them away from the blessing, Father God, of your presence, Lord Jesus, reach out your hand of mercy to them in dreams and visions. Allow them to see the man in the white robe. Allow them to hear you call out their name in their native tongue. Call them before your holy throne, we pray. In standing in open visions of the day, Father, we know what your will is. You would want not one to perish. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the continent of Africa for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to descend upon the lands and to save the souls of the lost. In the name of Jesus Christ, pray and thank you, Father. Alleluia, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Father God, we hold up a golden cup of forgiveness before your throne, and we pray that you will pour it out upon every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of South America, from the northern sides of Colombia and Venezuela to the southern sides of 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 uh, of uh, um, oh, oh, Paraguay, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and from the east to the west, from Chile all the way to the other side of Brazil and Argentina, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we pray that you will touch the good and the bad the affluent and the poor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Pour out your spirit of forgiveness upon them, Father God. Pour out your holiness upon them, Father God, in Jesus' name. We know that you would want not one to perish. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of South America in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to descend upon the lands in Jesus' name that your will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of South America, we come against you in Jesus' name. We decree fire swords of cherubim to be shut down to cut you into pieces. We decree fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we declare and decree and plead with the courts of heaven for an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon thee and to cut you into pieces and to cast the pieces into the bowels of Sheol. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the continent of South America in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, strong men, we rebuke you and we command you to come forth. Subordinate spirits, come forth. We have loosed your legal rights to them and we command you out of them now in Jesus' name. 
We declare and decree and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon these demons of darkness, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, to place them under arrest, and to cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God in Jesus' name to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit for only the Lamb of God can break the seals, even if for a time. We're looking for a breakthrough. We are looking for a breakthrough. Hallelujah. And we declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John 15:16. Hallelujah. And we decree the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them on all sides. Let nothing unclean reenter the clean-swept house. Praise you, Jesus. And we declare in Jesus' name an innumerable company of angels of light and love to the send upon them in dreams, in visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. In accordance with Job 33, 14, and 15, we praise you, Father God, in dreams and visions of the night. Holy Lord Jesus, omnipresent presence of light and love, our first love, please reach out and touch them. Touch both the good and the bad. Allow them to hear your voice. Call them by their name. Call our brothers and sisters, the good and the bad, to join us. Call them so that we be, we may be even more victorious than that which was planned before there was time. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you, Father. Your will be done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all. I have to be careful because of my travel kicking up. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's take a look here at the calendar. Praise God. Okay. See you all next Friday. Lord willing. God bless you all. Keep praying. Keep praising overcome. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace, praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice 
as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then, we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then, we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins, we will be. Your bride awaits sleep patiently. Longing for that blessed sound, the dead will rise. The churches gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure until you come back for your bride to set it free.